All right. Well, I'm joined on the podcast today by Jen Zeller. She is known as the South Dakota Cowgirl, and she's out of Eagle Butte, South Dakota. Described herself as a blogger, journalist, photographer, cowgirl, and horsewoman. So welcome to the podcast today, Jen. Thanks for having me, Ron. Hey, pretty excited to have you on here. Um, pretty accomplished photographer and uh, follow you online and see quite a bit of uh, horse work. And uh, so excited to, to talk a little bit about that today. Awesome. I'm excited to share with you. Well, hey, as always, I want to start off a little bit and ask you a question about how you got involved in agriculture and, and where you're at in the ranching business today. I didn't actually grow up in ag per se. I had um, a couple horses. I got a couple horses the summer before I turned 12 years old. And my dad said, you're going to get tired of feeding them. I give you six weeks and um, 75 rodeos a year later, I managed to get myself a college scholarship. Um, to rodeo. So I guess he was wrong. <laughs> um, and so out of college, I got into um, the financial service in services industry and um, kind of put my horses on the back burner. And it just so happened that, you know, through crazy connections and the way the world works, I was able to um, start giving some riding lessons and taking some outside horses and got to where I could quit my job as a, um, as a registered assistant and go into training horses full time. I'd always wanted to live on a ranch and it just it was a crazy, crazy set of coincidences. Sitting in my office one day, I got a Yahoo Messenger little, one of those little pop-ups back when Yahoo Messenger was the thing. And uh, it was from a rancher here in South Dakota and we were in a horse group together um, because I was in it, you know, looking for help if I got stuck with a horse or something. and. And he was the first person I'd ever met that actually liked horses as much as me. So we started visiting and visited online for a couple years. And anyway, in 2007, I set him up with my best friend. And so he came to Texas and he met her and um, she didn't like him. But he told me if I ever wanted to move to South Dakota, he'd give me a job on his ranch. So I moved a year later. <laughs> anyway, so I, I say I didn't grow up on a ranch, but I got to one as fast as I could. It had always been something that I'd wanted to do. And I was always very envious of those that they got to grow up or live in this environment. And so I'm really blessed to get to be here. So initially I came to the ranch um, to market their horses. And um, that's when I was given my first DSLR um, or a fancy digital camera, if you want to get it that, put it that way. That is what I initially started to do. And as I, I grew and started kind of getting to do more with the cows and that kind of thing and started getting trained, I guess, because you don't just go in and start working cows. Usually I was in the wrong place for about three years and they all had to work around me. <laughs> but um, and now I can go do any job they need me to do here. Yeah, being involved in the rodeo circuit often uh, see quite a bit of ground, but moving from Texas to South Dakota, had to be quite a bit of a change. Oh man, it was culture shock. Cause I'm a 20 mile round trip from the mailbox now and about 65, 70 miles from Walmart one way. <laughs> and I grew up in the Dallas Fort Worth area. So that was a big shock. Growing up in Dallas or whatever, and then moving to where you have so far into town, what may be your biggest lesson learned or biggest contrast that you've experienced uh, just from the lifestyle and being able to live in those two different places? I think actually living out 
here is simpler. People seem to think it's more complicated because you're really far from town. Um, but it just makes you get a little more organized and then you don't have to fight the frenzy of going to get food at the grocery store every night before supper. Um, it allows for your weekends to be spent kind of doing what you want to do instead of your friends calling you and be like, hey, do you want to go out with us? Because inevitably you'll say yes when you probably should be home riding your horses or something. So I think it, at least for me, it's allowed me to kind of be more focused with what I want to do and what I want to accomplish. Um, whereas before there, there was a lot of distractions. You live in some beautiful country, uh, watching your Instagram and your Twitter feeds and, and Facebook. Um, just all the photos that you, you post are, are pretty doggone cool. Um, and you are a, you're quite an accomplished photographer and being able to get some recognition. Um, I think Time Magazine called you the photographer in South Dakota to follow. Yep. Um, been, yeah, and you've been featured in O Magazine. Um, a lot of that kind of came about as you got uh, recognized on your Instagram account in a hashtag my story campaign. Uh, had a little bit of a trip to Los Angeles. Yeah. And, yeah so tell us, tell us how, how did that come about? I, I, I still don't really know, to be honest. Um, I got an email one day, um, and it was one day in the fall when I'd been really, really busy. I had not even checked my email on my phone or anything in like three days. And I had this email from Instagram direct and I was panicking because they're like, we need you to get right back to us. So I sent the girl an email and then I called her and I'm like, I'm so sorry. You know, I think I had to leave her a voicemail even. I'm like, I'm really interested in what you're doing. What do you need from me? And I didn't know anything about the project at that point in time. But um, she called me back and she told me that I've been chosen as one of 25 women out of 400 million Instagram users the world over to represent Instagram in their um, launch of this new hashtag for the hashtag my story. And the point of their hashtag was that they wanted to feature women that they feel are breaking gender barriers or women that they feel are excelling in their chosen fields and are setting an example for being an empowered woman in today's society. And so I was, I'm not exactly sure who chose me, but um, I got to meet some pretty cool people. I got to meet Rowan Blanchard, who's in Girl Meets World. Those of you that grew up with Boy Meets World, well, that's the spinoff. If you don't have kids, see, I didn't know who she was because I don't have kids that age, but um, I got to meet her and um, got to meet, let's see, Jessica Bennett was who curated it. She's, um, a writer. She writes for several big publications. She's written for the Huffington Post, I think the New York Times. Um, she's just finished up a book uh, called The Feminist Fight Club. And it was a, a really great experience. I was the only one there representing ag, which was super awesome. And Jessica said they pretty much chose me because they feel like when people think of a rancher, people think of a farmer, they don't think of a woman. They generally think of, you know, your old wrinkled grandpa type guy with his trucker cap or, you know, an old dyed in the wool, leather skinned cowboy. And they don't think of a woman necessarily doing all those things that men do. And while I know that that stereotype's not true, I think it's pretty clear that that's what the public thinks, if that's what they're telling you. And, and if you visit with the public enough, you find out that they're like, oh, wow, you know, this is family owned or it's been in the, you know, the family for six generations and it's, and it's not a corporate and it's not a factory or whatever. And so I think that's probably why I was chosen. And I think maybe Time Magazine had something to do with that. I don't know. I don't really know how they go about finding your needle in your haystack, if you will. Um, they did limit it to U.S. women. So I guess that limited it to, I don't know. 
100 million Instagram accounts or something. Uh, because... Still still a few right there, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> and then because of that, um, because of that feature, I was also then featured in Oprah Magazine. And then I also made the Huffington Post, which was kind of cool because the Huffington Post wrote a big article that came out the day of the event. And they talked about all these 28 badass women. So apparently I'm a badass, according to the Huffington Post. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's, that is, that had to have been, I, you know, I followed long as you were posting about that. Um, and, and your good friend Devin was down there. Um, yeah. I and, love Devin. Yep. And we've, we've connected a little bit, but you know, that, uh, that had to be, um, that wasn't a normal scene to see, see a rancher, a cowgirl from South Dakota, hop down to LA. Um, was, were the other participants, um, intrigued, you know, to see it, to see a rancher there? Um, how did how did that come across? Yes, because there are people from so many different walks of life. Um, tattoo artists. Um, Tess Holiday was there. Some of the people listening might know who she is. She's a plus size model and she's just beautiful and she's super nice. Um, she grew up in I think Mississippi, so she has ridden some and and um, you know knows a little bit about ag, but a lot of people didn't and. I got to make some really good connections with some people that kind of want to come out. And um, there was a, several midwives there and they're interested in coming out and helping calve some heifers because they'd like to see things from the animal um, husbandry side of things too. Um, so I'm the only one there rocking cowboy boots and a squash blossom necklace. <laughs> um, it was awesome. It was really good. I got a chance to talk about, you know, the different things that we do in South Dakota and kind of where I live and where I've come from and, of course, the horses. Everybody loves horses, so can't go wrong when you're talking about horses. <laughs> no, no, for sure. And it, you know, I think that that's a, I think yours is a pretty unique story in being able to use your talents and something that you enjoy and be, to use it to connect with other people and share that story. And uh, that's something that we sometimes struggle in ag to do. Is like, well, we want to do what everybody else is doing, and and sometimes it's hard to carve out a niche and really find what we're good at in these yeah. advocacy efforts and telling our story. I didn't know I was good at taking pictures, to be honest, until I started taking pictures. So sometimes you just never know. You just got to try something. And if it fails, well, then you try something else. Oh, exactly. So one of the questions I get quite a bit, um, and we've seen this in workshops and different things, is people want to tell their story and they want to have photos. And, and we see that photo platforms and video platforms continue to grow. We see this with Instagram, with Snapchat, with the introduction of video on Facebook. And so as, as someone who does quite a bit of photo taking and has been, been recognized for your photography, what are, uh, what's some advice that you have for people who are wanting to improve their photography and use that in their advocacy efforts online? Well, there are countless, countless resources um, online. If somebody wants to learn how to use their fancy camera, um, I realize some of them can be confusing. But I would just suggest that they take some time, maybe just spend, you know, an hour a morning, find a website that talks about how to use your camera or some tips for, you know, beginning photographers and just read because I did a lot of that in the beginning. I had no idea how to use a DSLR. I had a camera that didn't even have a manual with it. So a lot of it was kind of hit and miss. Um, so I spent a lot of time reading and I just had to kind of throw out what I didn't want and keep what I did want. And I have a few, I do have a few photography tutorials on my blog and I have a few more that I'm planning to write when time permits. I've actually had um, a question this week from a friend of mine that's in ag and she's like, what does aperture priority mode mean? And what does this mean? And so 
So there are people that are asking, and it, I know that the information's needed, and it's needed in a way that is simplified because photographers tend to get way too technical. And since I wasn't a trained photographer and kind of trained myself, I feel like I have the ability to go in and do that. So I am planning those. Um, but in the meantime, like the Pioneer Woman has some great um, photography tutorials on her website. And then the next thing that they need to do is, I think you have to ask yourself, what are you going to accomplish by taking this image? So there have been several times when, you know, I've wanted to take a picture of something that happens on the ranch that maybe the consumer doesn't need to see <laughs> um, because they wouldn't understand the context. And so I think that's, that's something else. Um, I don't know that consumers are super excited about watching a calf be born. It's not really pretty. I think it's fascinating, but I like cows. That makes for really good, like, video scene. I know that one of my most popular YouTube videos is a calf being born while a cow is standing up, but definitely understand your point of that. It's got that ick factor to it, doesn't it? Right. Well, and you know, a lot of times you see videos of people picking up downed cows and it never looks good when the reality of it is we're actually helping that animal, but there's got to be some context for the consumer. And I think that is, that's just really, really hard to show for someone that doesn't live this or do it or understand cows. And it you know, you'd almost have to do an entire series and then you're still going to be taken out of context. Not that I want to paint a rosy picture, but I want to try to make sure that it's something that's understandable, that um, still portrays that what ag is, but it isn't something that they can say, oh, look, here, ag is bad. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I, I definitely get that. It's, uh, we see that a lot, quite a bit, is that it's important to provide context to what's going on because someone just logging on or running across your your things can definitely take some things out of context. So um, I like that point of we need to be aware of, of how it can be taken into context um, yeah. or not. And then the other thing that I tell people is like my Instagram feed is full of almost all iPhone pictures. Once in a while, I'll put a picture up that um, I took with my, my good DSLR camera, but um, generally my Instagram feed is to try to tell a story of what happens through my day or the things that I see through my day. And so, um, the biggest thing with, with your phone camera is just that you have to be really, really close when you take the image a lot of times, or you need to make sure that what you're showing isn't going to be distracting. So I'll move my feed around a lot to try to make sure I don't have that you know, like a feed tub in there or a feed bunk that doesn't look pretty just so that it's less distracting so that your message gets across a little clearer. So that's the one thing. And then the other thing that people can do is always make sure that they shoot. I don't want to say always. I shouldn't say always. I should say most of the time the rule is that you shoot into your shadow. That means the sun's at your back and that's going to illuminate your subject matter the best. Now I break rules like that all the time, but if you're just starting, that's probably a good place to begin. It's frustrating when you get the subject of your image and it's just kind of shadowed out and you can't see it. Right. And I don't, I've only ever had an iPhone since I got a smartphone, other, well, other than a Blackberry, which didn't take pictures with the poop. But anyway. I, I look back at my, my Blackberry photos and I just cringe. I know. They're like, terrible. I just, yeah. So I don't know how the other smartphones are because I've never, ever really tried to use one. But um, I know on your iPhone, if you're taking a photo and let's say that you, for whatever reason, you can't have the sun at your back. If you'll actually hit your screen where you want your subject to be in focus, the camera will adjust the exposure. And so it'll brighten it up on its own for you. If you can do that. Yeah. A lot of the time it's um, like, if it's really bright outside, we know that like it's best opportunity to, to not take photos when, you know, two hours either side of high noon 
or maybe it's a little dark outside. And so that's a, you can't always control that. You know, when something happens, you want to capture it. And that's a neat tool just to be able to tap that and to affect the exposure of it. You know, just because it's not a sunny day doesn't mean you shouldn't go take a picture of what's going on. I, I love days when it's cloudy and the sky is kind of flat because it, the lighting is going to be good no matter where you are at that point because um, it's flat. So there's not like a direct, there's no direct sun in that case. And for photographers, the best time to absolutely take outdoor pictures is called the golden hour. It's about an hour before the sun legitimately sets. And it kind of casts this really pretty warm glow on everything. And at least here in South Dakota, especially in the fall, if you've got a storm that's rolled over and if it's all purple skies to the east and your grass is golden and you go shoot in that hour, it just makes me really happy. <laughs> For sure. That's that makes some pretty cool. Um, pretty cool scenes and opportunities. Um, I guess if you were to name your top couple of, of mistakes that you've seen people when taking a photos, um, you know, aside from we've talked a little bit about just kind of pay attention to your lighting or the context um, behind the story that the photos have seen, like cropping or being able to, you know, zoom in on something. Uh, what What's probably the most common mistakes that you see? Um, I don't like to see people actually use the zoom on their phones or their digital cameras because it's a digital zoom um, so it actually distorts the image so you it's much better if you take the photo and um, you know if you can't get closer take it and then crop it in your actual in your actual phone or on your computer and then probably the other thing that is the most irritating at least to me and I don't get irritated about too much but if you're trying to tell your story it's good if there's not distractions in the picture you know, if you're trying to take a picture of a cow that just calved and you're in your corrals and you're, we all know that not everyone's corrals are beautiful because they get used and cows run through them and stuff gets broken and try to adjust that so that you're showing less of it or you're showing a pretty portion of it. Um, you got to kind of be patient and, and work for those things, but distractions, like there's any number of them I can think of, um, twine you know, a dog, um, dirty house. If you're taking a picture of, I don't know, a piece of equipment or something that you use in ag, like ear tags or something, I don't need to see the dirty socks on your kitchen floor, you know? Yeah. So pay attention to like the background items. And yeah. Background items, anything that could be potentially seen as distracting or, um, mean, I don't know there's consumers are weird about what they like, but something that's pretty, make sure it's pretty. So, so say, and I, you know, I see this once in a while and I've got this question a couple of times. So say that, you know, a photo, we didn't, we didn't realize it when we posted it or it comes out of context mm -hmm. um, and we get some negative feedback on it, um, whether it be something that was maybe included or left out of the caption um, description, um, mm -hmm. what would be your advice to people um, to, ha to handle some of that if that comes up when they're sharing photos online? You know, it depends on what sort of feedback you get. I can give you an example from myself just from earlier, from the beginning of March. I was in Texas and took some pictures at the Legacy of Legends event, which is a big three-day horse event honoring the legends of Tom Dorrance and Ray Hunt, who were phenomenal horsemen. And um, Riata Branneman started a colt down there, and her colt got a little lost, and he kind of got in a little bit of a bind, and he had he kind of came in two on her. And I caught 
the whole series of events. And one of the photos that I caught of her was this colt rearing up and she's pulling on one rein, trying to get his head, trying to get him to come around to come back to her. And um, I got a negative comment on my Facebook page about, well, thought you weren't supposed to do that if you ride with Buck, if this is what, you know, Buck's going to teach then. And it was one of those that you could kind of tell from the commenter that it didn't matter what you were going to say if you engaged them. It was, you were just going to, they were looking for a fight. In that case, I just ignored it. And I really, I feel like the biggest challenge that's faced by the agriculture community is you're not going to convince everyone that what you do is good. So you have the people on one side of the spectrum that think ag is bad, ag is evil, I don't like ag. And then you have people on the other end of the spectrum that are like, ag is good, I like ag, I like to eat. And then you have people in the middle that don't really know one way or the other. They like to eat, but they don't really know if they should be concerned about XXX. Those are the people that you're going to need to reach or that you want to reach. You don't care to change the mind of someone all the way on the far I hate ag kind of spectrum because their mind's made up and there's nothing you're going to do to change it. It's the people in the middle of the road that are maybe undecided. They still are a little more open-minded and they're the ones that that are going to be a little better or a little better able for us to educate them. They're going to be easier maybe. And so, so I think you have to kind of to take the negative with a grain of salt. And if you feel like it's something that you can debate, you can show your side of things, then by all means do that. But I think there's also a fine line between arguing with them and just letting it go. Yeah, sometimes you just kind of let things pass. So we've got a couple of minutes here left. So what would be your advice to, to ranchers, uh, people in the ag community who kind of want to get interested in sharing their ag story, but aren't quite sure how to get started? What would be your advice to them? Go to Instagram immediately, like run. <laughs> it's probably the fastest growing platform and they make it really, really easy to share from Instagram to Tumblr, to Twitter, to Facebook, to Flickr. And with all of the hashtags that you can use, it helps you then connect to other ranchers or to uh, other consumers. And uh, I think it gives you another another opportunity to share. So if let's say they have a blog and they put pictures on their blog, that's great. But Instagram gives them a chance to connect with people that don't blog or that maybe don't read their blog or that don't know that they exist. Uh, you could use it as a tool to say, okay, so today on the blog, I'm going to talk about why I spray my wheat with pesticide. And they could post a picture of a beautiful picture of them in the wheat field harvesting wheat or something. Something that's pretty that will intrigue the consumer to actually go check it out. And if you wanted to use Instagram as a standalone tool, that would be cool too. But there's so many more things that you can do with it. Oh, that's pretty cool. And and such a great opportunity to kind of branch out um, to find find people with mutual interest or have people discover you. And so I think that's, yep. that's pretty good advice. Well, all right. Well, Jen, I'd, I'd love to catch up with you all day. I think we could go on for quite a while. You've got we some great um, So just before we leave here, uh, where can people find you online? Facebook, they can find me at the South Dakota Cowgirl. You can just search for that or you can go to facebook.com, the South Dakota Cowgirl, all one word. I'm on Twitter as at the SD Cowgirl and Instagram is the same at the SD Cowgirl. You can find me on Pinterest. Um, I'm on Tumblr too. 
uh, Tumblr, I pretty much just post my Instagram feed in case somebody doesn't have Instagram. And I share other crazy stuff. And then my blog is the South Dakota Cowgirl.com. And I write um, occasionally on the blog. I don't write as much on it as I used to, but you can still see lots of pretty pictures of ranch life there. And you can also find me blogging for CaviSavvy.com. And that's C A V V Y S A V V Y.com. That is a blog that is owned by the Tri-State Livestock News. Many of your listeners are probably familiar with that publication. And it's a horse-related blog where we we blog about um, horse training tips and grooming tips and medical technology. Anything that's related to your horses, you can probably find it on that blog. Quite a bit of good information to share and uh, look forward to uh, hopefully get you new followers, hope people discover you and, and uh, enjoy the photos that you've got coming up as we move into summer. Some great Thanks, scenes Dad. coming through there. And good luck with calving season. Thank you. Yeah, we're, we're just getting started. So hopefully, hopefully it'll go good. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, thanks for joining us today, Jen, and appreciate it. Thank you so much. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Agriculture Proud podcast. As always, you can catch the links and show notes for this and all my episodes at agricultureproud.com slash podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Stitcher and give me a review. Then follow me on social media. That's AgProudRyan on Twitter or Instagram. And I am AgricultureProud on Facebook. Please send me your comments or questions. Love to have those. And let me know if you'd like to suggest a guest for future episodes. Until next time, this is Ryan Goodman with the Agriculture Proud Podcast. Folks, I am Ryan Goodman, and you are listening to the Agriculture Proud Podcast. Join the conversation and find all my content at agricultureproud.com. Hello and welcome to episode 8 of the Agriculture Proud Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Goodman, coming at you from Helena, Montana. On this podcast, we're going to cover a little bit of everything in agriculture and hear the stories behind a few of the people who are involved in farming and ranching from all different parts of the country. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and Stitcher or wherever your podcasts are found. And follow me on social media as AgProudRyan and Facebook at I Am Agriculture Proud. And as always, you can catch all the episodes and show notes at agricultureproud.com slash podcast. On this week's episode, we have a special guest from South Dakota. Miss Jen Zeller is probably the best known rancher on Instagram. Known as the South Dakota Cowgirl, Jen has had some exciting success and sharing her passions for ranching horses and photography with the world and i had the great opportunity to catch up with jen just a few days ago about some of the these travels pretty exciting and recognitions on her journey from uh, the ranch in south dakota and she originally has her roots down in texas we talked a little bit about that as well and then jen shares with us some great photography tips uh, to help us capturing our livestock farm or ranch scenes and, and really help to improve our advocacy and social media presence i tell you what we've got some great scenes in ag and ranching and farming um, that really just kind of pictures tell a thousand a million words sometimes and so we want to get some tips on those to help to improve that and sharing our story online you can find Jen online as the South Dakota Cowgirl, and I always enjoy an opportunity to catch up with her. Uh, be sure to let us know if you have any questions or comments by connecting with us online, and I hope you enjoy this episode of the Agriculture Proud Podcast. Mm-hmm.